Hey, Flomies, it's time for another edition of the ITF Flowcast. Now, this week we have a really special interview. Uh, we get to speak with Sean Hill. He's the Community Marketing Director for Nice Job. Now, if you're not familiar with Nice Job, it's a company that deals with our online reputation, or actually more specifically, uh, our online marketing. And what they do is they help your company get more online reviews, in particular Google reviews, but they're not limited to that. Uh, but the goal is to get the more, more reviews to help keep your, your business visible to the online community. Uh, you know, it's one of those things we, we know online reviews are important, right? And, and, and especially Google reviews because of the effect that they can have on our ranking uh, when people search for window cleaning in our area. And yet it's also one of those things that it's just really hard to make the time and, the, and take the effort to get the gears rolling properly so that we can get enough reviews coming in on a regular basis to keep our business fresh in the Google algorithm. So that's what Sean's gonna to talk to us about. He's gonna help us answer a few questions such as, why should small business owners pay attention to online reviews? Um, what has changed about the role that online reviews play in the Google algorithm in the last 10 years? Cause it has changed. And, and if you've been in business for 10 years, you, you know, and you recognize that. And then lastly, what's the best way to respond to a bad review? So we're going to talk about those questions, but we are also going to talk about a lot more. So please listen in. You're going to hear a lot of things that can definitely benefit your business. So tune in. And without further ado, we'll give your, our attention to Sean Hill. Hey, Flomies, it's time for another edition of the ITF Flowcast. Uh, we are so happy to have Sean Hill. He's the Community Marketing Director of Nice Job out of Vancouver, Canada. How are you doing, Sean? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on. I, I've caught a couple episodes. So it's actually nice to hear the, uh, the intro in person when I'm going to be the guest. I'm kind of <laughs> there you go. All right. Yeah. Well, we, we are happy to have you. I, I um, am I, I just right off the bat. I am a, a user of Nice Job and it has made such a huge difference in my uh, business. You know, I'm not getting paid to say that. This is just my as a business owner. When I find something that works for me, I'm excited to help other people to, to know about it. So I was really happy that you agreed to come on with us. I have a bunch of questions for you, but before we get into the, the importance of, of online reputation, I did want to just talk a little bit with you because you, you don't have a background with the service industry. Um, I had heard podcasts before where you had a background in, in sports, right? You know, with uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, you worked with that, that organization. Yeah, so I was with the Philadelphia Flyers for uh, about a decade. I would say a decade officially. It was a little bit of time before that. Um, I worked for USA Sevens Rugby. I worked in World Team Tennis, Minor League Baseball. Worked in a lot of sports. And my main job there, uh, a lot of times I fall in the realm of, of either game entertainment or game presentation. And mm -hmm. what that, those departments are, are the things that you see that happen at the games, uh, you know, your t-shirt tosses, your mask, right, right. that nature. But it also were extended. And I think probably a, a great way to help it connect to people's minds was, you make marketing strategy, you make marketing efforts, then you execute the marketing. I was always the execution of the marketing. And so the way I described what I did and what my passion is and, and what I've brought to nice job is you have people that might be passionate about something and there's always another level. So in gotcha. sports, you build fan bases and right. at nice job, we feel you can do the same, but ultimately it's about, you know, the human connection coming together because some people will watch sports because they want their team to win, but other people mm -hmm. do it because it's a night out. Other people do it to bond with family members. Right. Other people do it, you know, there is a thrill of competition, things like that. So there's so many different entities or so many uh, diverse things. And what sports does really, really well is they market in a linear sense. And what I, or sorry, in a non-linear sense. And what I mean by that is, is they're the one industry, take like an NFL team that can make money in last place. So the product right, cannot right. be good and they find ways to make money 
and they find ways to actually grow. So it's not just about, you know, making money just to make money. So it's the same thing as it's, to put it simply, when you're a last place team, you sell experiences, you give away bobbleheads, you talk about, yeah. you know, what it's like to come to a game and why it's, it's fun for the family and all the other stuff. But when you're in first place, you talk about we're going for a championship. Look at these elite athletes. Look at them at the peak of their game. You know, this marvel, this spectacle. So on right. both ends of the spectrum, they have something to market. And so you might say, well, how does this work for a home service business, things like that? Because realistically, your product has to be good, right? But yeah. what makes your product good differs? Mm -hmm. Someone can love you because you're on time. Someone can love you because you, you know, you don't leave a mess and you can't very well. Someone can love you because you're very responsive. They feel like they can mm -hmm. call you or text you anytime, day or night. Well, mm -hmm. how do you find within that one target audience, those different segments? And that's what sports does really well. They identify the front runners. They identify the people that only care about the roster versus the people that care about the legacy versus the people that'll just come if you give them a dollar hot dog and yeah, something yeah. to take home. <laughs> and they find ways to do it. They diversify their marketing. So for me, my background coming from sports was, you know, how do you make someone more passionate about things? But really it was coming down to the why, right? The, right. Find your why. And so with Nice Job, the reason I ended up in this company in particular, um, which I want to make sure to mention was because of the values of this company. It was the, cult, the culture change, the value fit that I was looking for. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, when I first joined, the software I wasn't familiar with. Not mm -hmm. that it didn't make sense to me. I'm like, okay, I kind of get it. I look up reviews. Mm -hmm. But the main thing that they sold me on, you know, is look, that we're a company that cares about business owners. We will do things like give away things for free if it's going to help and instead of trying to put a price tag on it just because it might help us on this side. That's something we still true to to this day. Mm -hmm. um, but then ultimately, we, they asked me as, as community manager at the time, not community director, to grow us giving out education, to grow us connecting and, and doing things within the community, which I know is, is certainly matches you, know, you yourself, Gabe, but also you know, the podcast and the movement you guys are doing here. So yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's a little bit of my background. I'm non-traditional. Whenever I make analogies about the actual business itself, I say squeegee when I mean wand. Like I get a lot of that stuff kind of wrong. <laughs> one part that I know I can definitely connect with is when it comes about, you know, how are you making those connections that'll either help you from the sales process, the fan development process, or you know, the, the repetitive customer process, mm -hmm. um, or the very least, just being a pillar in your community, which is ultimately mm -hmm. that's what good businesses are. Well, it's interesting you, you, you mentioned that. I don't think I, I really put two and two together until you said that, but, but nice job definitely is uh, they have fans and in, in, in the community, because I'm on the, the, the nice job Facebook group um, you can definitely, it has that feel of like we're rooting for the company. And, and that's one of the reasons why I promote it because one, it works. So like you said, all the different reasons why you would use it. But two, because of the support that I give, you know, it was like, I, I always felt like um, nice job was invested in my success. And, and so many times you're, you know, you go to these, these uh, uh, conferences or conventions or expos, and you're just greeted with a ton of services, software, and so much of it is, okay, here's the software, use it, it's going to work great for you. See you later, we're done. And uh, I just have always felt like nice job. Like you said, there, there was, there was a community feel to it, which is how I run my business, you know, yeah. um, because I, I'm not interested in just how many, win, you know, how many windows can I clean? I'm interested in how many relationships can I form with people that will be not only just happy that we clean for them, but feel like, oh, this is the only company I want to use. I had such a great experience. They're rooting for us. They're rooting for our success. And uh, a lot of our longtime customers are like that. So that that's always been kind of the, the goal for our business is to get those fans. 
And, and I think that's what also attracted me to Nice Job is because it's that same kind of mentality of, hey, we're all in this together. We're rooting. We're, we're trying to accomplish a certain thing or, or you know, uh, uh, to see success in this area. And we all like feel together on it. So that was, that was a home run. If we're going to use uh, sports uh, metaphors. All about sports analogy. <laughs> I, I, I get it all the time. I will say, <laughs> when we talk about fans, sometimes when you say the word fans, people think of like, you know what? Maybe I'm not going to paint my face for my, for my, you know, person cleaning my windows, you know? Mm-hmm. But fandom does display in different ways. You know, mm-hmm. from, you might think of that as the first image with your hand. You think the foam finger, the painted face. But I like to think of staying within that sports realm as like when someone goes and, and, and talks smack on your team on Reddit or mm-hmm. social media, right? Mm-hmm. There's people that come and defend that, that just repeat the, the insult something back. Like, no, actually your team is bad. But the fans <laughs> that I think translate from the sports realm to home services, things like that, are the people that go like, well, you know what? You know why I like this team? Because of the style that they play. Mm-hmm. And that's where, like, you talk about word of mouth marketing and things like that is the fans you develop might go like, hey, you know what? Uh, if you're looking for someone, I like these guys for this particular reason, mm-hmm. right? And then, and that's a personal sort of connection. And through reviews, you know, the online process, and you very well know, is we think that helps, but we've gone, we made the shift from reputation management, which is kind of the old field, to reputation marketing. Mm-hmm. Because everything you're going to gather through your reviews and stuff, should help you not just from the you put that copy in you're gonna get better click-through rates but it should help you if this is the voice of your customer this is what's important to your target audience make sure you're building within the systems within your business these core concepts so you know finding out that you uh, everyone in your reviews is talking about you being you know on time and punctual mm-hmm. well how do you make sure that okay well on our checklist we want to date things so that there's no way we can be late right yeah. even if there's an accident on the road and it's and a car's on fire and all the other stuff a process is in place where no right. customer is ever going to be looking at their watch going, where are they? Mm-hmm. So whether it's communication, whether it's, you know, building in time, but you learn that from the feedback, you learn yes. that from the reviews. And so again, the community thing also comes from we're confident. And I don't mind saying that we yep. believe in our software. We develop it to, to be the best. We develop be effective, but in the end, you know, we want to help you as a member of our community. And if we're the right solution for you, we'll, we'd be proud to give you that leg up. But if we're not the right solution for you, or you need a little bit more education before a software like ours, you know, a little bit more structure for a software like ours might work. Mm-hmm. We're fine waiting because ultimately we kind of do believe we're the best thing. And we'd rather help you with what you need help now than to try to sell you a software and have you wedge it into something. So that's why we lead with community first. And, and we're, we're, we're confident in that. Yeah. And I think that's what um, I appreciate about Nice Job as well. And especially in the Facebook group is um, it's about an education on how to use the software. So it's an acknowledgement that the software is a tool. But, you know, if I buy the fanciest drill, I, I don't have a background in carpentry or in, in any type of construction. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be wasted in my possession because I, will, I can use it. But am I going to use it to its full capacity? Probably not, just because I don't have that education. And, and I, so just to kind of give everyone an idea. So I signed up for it in 2018. I, I had it for a good four or five months. I really didn't use it to its full capacity. And then in uh, January, I made the determination, okay, I'm, I, gotta, I have this product. I'm paying for it. I need to use it. And so I really, in January, I just kind of did a crash course. I got a lot of help from the Facebook community got it in order. So in February of 2019, I had 14 Google reviews and now I'm over 300 in less in, in two years. So right. that is, that's the difference, you know, cause you, you consider, I mean, I, I went about 
three or you know four or three or three or four years with only to get 14 reviews and now in two years yeah. i've got that much and now i'm i'm way ahead of any of my competitors in my area on online online reviews but that was because i finally learned how to use the program you know when yeah. when i but didn't you, you still do the work though right i mean that's exactly. the one thing we're very clear on is we help the tagline you know we kind of put on it is we have great companies get the reputation they deserve and it's mm-hmm. purposeful because if you are a bad company you have poor you know a uh, poor customer journey poor customer yep. experience you you don't have passion in your work you're fine with cutting corners and things like that we're not gonna be able to make you seem like you're a great company but what we can yes. do is any good feedback that you're still getting even with all your yes. flaws will give you the ability to, to you know to use that but then also we're give you all the data you need to learn and be better Yes. Um, and that's why, you know, I, I, I appreciate the kind of words for us, but I want you to have around, like you get to that level, man, that's, that's you building a business that, that's worthy of that level. And I'm glad we made it easy for your clients to leave reviews, but yeah. you know, it goes back to the, the work gets done. That that's the success. We're just helping you build that reputation to capitalize on all the hard work you're doing. Well, and that's what we want to, cause that, 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 the idea of education in order to take information and apply it to your business is what Into the Flow is about, right? It's about making sure that we as business owners aren't just kind of going through the same, you know, the same steps, just kind of doing the thing that we always do and we're always stuck in the same rut. It's about, okay, here's some valuable information or a valuable tool. How can I now apply it to my specific situation and make it work and then see the results in my business? So that's why I'm so excited to have you on because we do have some questions and I think you're gonna give us some good insight. Um, the first question, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask the question, then just kind of preference or, or uh, uh, preface it by the reason why I'm asking. So the first one is, why should small business owners pay attention to online reviews? And the reason why I'm asking this is if you go to any window cleaning group, there is a constant argument between, ah, online, you don't need no online reviews. Oh, why? It's a waste of time. You don't need it. It's not a big deal. You, you know, if, if people who just focus on getting online reviews are wasting their time or, or it's, it's like a, almost like a false uh, um, uh, uh, statement of your quality. If, if all you're, if you're presenting online reviews. So from someone who is, you know, thrust into the midst of, of online uh, uh, reputation management, why would you say that it's, it's important um, to pay attention to them? There's uh, multiple ways. I, I, I don't say multiple ways I could take this answer, but multiple ways I could lay out this answer. But one, I think in this one particular, they love to start off with, because you brought the example of people going like, oh, what's well, a waste of time. You cannot stop someone from leaving a review. And what I mean by that is if they go and they leave review and they haven't served and you haven't serviced them, they're not in your client list, things like that. You can, there's steps. It's not always foolproof, but to go through Google, try to get removed and get a report it. Like you can reply, respond to that review and say, this is fake. Right. And, but you can't stop that person from doing that first step. Mm-hmm. You also can't stop someone from going to their cousin, to their brother, to their sister, to everyone go, Oh, don't use those guys. Oh, they're terrible. And, and why are they terrible? I never had them service them, but they cut me off in traffic once. I saw their van cut me off in traffic. <laughs> right? You can't stop that person from doing it. However, what you can do is you can invite the people that want to talk great about you to say something about you. You mm-hmm. can invite the people that you don't know they're going to say great things about you, but they're going to give you an honest feedback. You can give them a pathway. You know, Nice Job Software in particular, but anything that kind of helps collect reviews 
the goal of that software should be to make it easy for the client to lead the review. Um, you brought the term reputation uh, management. Uh, and, and it's going to sound like semantics, but I'll explain is we've made the pivot to reputation marketing for the sole purpose of reputation management started with start seeing some bad practices like review gating, which mm. is you ask someone to leave a review via email. Hey, give us a score of one to 10. If it's seven and below, it goes right to an e uh, inbox and see light it in. It goes eight or above, it goes to Google, but my business, right? Mm -hmm. And just by that alone, it's against Google's policy. You can get your Google My Business shut down and get your you know, business in a whole bunch of online trouble. Yes. Um, but also what it did is imagine leaving that review, filing that complaint, right? So you, you score a four and you say that, and then you go and you don't actually see your review anywhere. Now you've just kind of made that person kind of a little bit more and you kind of proved that that's not that, or that's what you are. And it goes right. back to the main thing of the reason I think the online reviews is you don't own your reputation. You really right. don't. You own your brand. And what reputation marketing is, is taking brand marketing taking reputation management, the, the good parts of it, the core parts of it, and combining them. Because your brand is, you know, you're going to go out there and it could be a color scheme, but mostly it is, you know, what you're doing, right? Uh, you know, who we are, how we do it, why we want to do it this way, you know, things like that. Mm -hmm. But, and then, sorry, reputation marketing, I'm sorry about is, is reputation management is getting this review. But because you're building your brand in that sense, and you're talking about this is our identity, this is our values, but your reputation is, is, what your customers think your company stands for, right? And how good of a job that you're actually portraying. Them. And because you don't own that, that's why you should pay attention to it because you can think one thing, but if people think another, that becomes not necessarily the truth, that becomes the narrative. And now not are you selling against competitors, you're selling against that narrative. So right. just by opening up and just just monitoring, just paying attention, if, you, if you're like, you know what? The, I don't want to beg for reviews. I hate that phrase when people say, I don't beg for reviews. At the very least, you should be monitoring your numbers and taking a look because responding to bad reviews is incredibly important. Thanking people for good reviews, adding more context to good reviews. You know, Gabe, as you know, you know, with a nice job, you had photos, like someone that just puts five stars, no context. If you then add a photo and are able to relate it to that job, you just gave it context on your own. Yeah. Uh, so paying attention to online reviews is important because that's the narrative that's out there. And if you go back to grade school, you can think that your shoes look cool, but if all the students are talking behind your back, guess what? They're not cool shoes, man. It's yep. Sorry to say that. You yep. know, that's yep. not saying I promote that sort of behavior, but it's just that. So paying attention to your online reputation and at least having your finger on the pulse of that will let you also know where perhaps you can make changes in your business to correct mm -hmm. a false narrative. Yeah, I, I think um, a, a concept that small, especially service industry, small business owners can understand is, you know, we're, we're about upselling a lot of times, especially when we're slow. We, if we have a customer, we've got to try to get as much, serve, you know, much jobs out of that customer because we're in their presence. So we may offer, hey, how about we clean your fans? How about we, you know, uh, you know, whatever, you know, we can add a bunch of different things to try and make turn that $300 job into maybe a $500 job, you know, if we need that. So with the reputation management or, 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 or marketing, if we have a review, we can use that review instead of it just sitting there on the shelf, so to speak we can enhance that review, you know, like you said, either by adding pictures. Um, what we do is we, we promote, you know, like we have of course a testimonial Tuesday. So we'll put that review as, you know, as a highlight on Tuesdays. We also do what we call a GSWC Google batch. So I'll just take a screenshot of the Google page and it just has, usually has about seven reviews, you know, and they're, they're all five star. We'll put little, you know, GIFs on there. And, and then we, 
promote that every so often as we get. So like about every seven reviews, we'll post that on there. And again, it's just a way of maximizing those reviews for the benefit of the business so that people who perhaps are not looking for window cleaning would not go to my Google page or my Yelp page or my Facebook page to look for reviews. Now they see the reviews. So it's planting those seeds in the future of, oh, I got to have the windows clean. Oh yeah, there's that guy with a ton of reviews. I'm going to go ahead and give him a call. And that's that's the, the mentality of our marketing is yeah. like you said, just trying to get ahead of that, maximizing the value of those reviews that we have instead of just being satisfied with them sitting on a list that maybe nobody sees, you know, or a few and people it also, it also can combine with other content that you're doing. Like you, you mentioned Instagram and, and you'll be happy to know that we're, we're very close to a nice, uh, nice job Instagram integration there. Uh, oh, so that's right. I think I know, they called me on that. Yeah. On, on IG there. Uh, hopefully this will be a great tool for you. But, you know, for example, if you're on Instagram, we use that as, a, as the main you know, example here. Uh, you might have a business, window cleaning, power washing, stuff like that. Uh, where you can make those satisfying videos that the internet absolutely loves. So maybe on Instagram, you're making a bunch of reels, right? That are that, you know, the before and afters, the, the satisfying videos. You know, maybe you're showing off your team in other ways. If someone goes, oh man, I'm constantly seeing, you know, gaze by the limit. I'm constantly seeing them on my reels feed. Then they click through and then now they're looking at your, or your Instagram profile, mm-hmm. right? Well, what are they seeing there? They probably could be seeing all your reels, but they might be looking for something they kind of haven't seen. And that's where you really can diversify it. So maybe someone sees a funny video you do on YouTube. Maybe someone sees, um, you know, obviously we're all here community-based. Maybe someone saw you in a local parade, you know, or maybe someone saw you helping out at the, you know, the high school doing something. You know, they just saw you in your church and you're doing something, you're just doing a, some social impact there. Well, then they go look for you. What are they seeing? Mm-hmm. And so they, like you said, they may not be looking for a window cleaning at that moment. They are probably trying to figure out who you are and seeing reviews, seeing people's sentiments, that builds a greater picture probably mm-hmm. beyond your services. So when they do think of window cleaning, they go right to you. And especially because there's a lot in some services industries, there's not knowledgeable. Like, mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you. I've learned a little bit through my time now, but if you were to ask me, I did want a nice job. Like, what should you look for in a window cleaner? I'd be like, uh, water i I don't i don't know like you got me there so if i'm coming to look perhaps all your you know the technical stuff and things you're talking about on your website the things you might be showing maybe that's not landing with me Mm -hmm. but seeing someone that goes like oh man you know when when they clean my windows i get a better you know view of my kids playing in the lawn you know and that goes hey i don't maybe know why how they got the window that clean but i do know it's important for me to look out my window because i had a great view like and i don't have kids mm-hmm. yet yeah, that's gonna be important but i do have a dog and make sure he's not getting into something so right. that resonated with me more so than the type of you know thing that you're using or or the process that's what connected so yeah you can yeah. diversify all your other content marketing wise and just you know personality wise with and and then have when people land on something mm-hmm. that those testimonials to really you know kind of to really connect with you. I don't even say to sell more. It's just to connect. That's really what yes, the goal should be. Exactly. And you know what? And, and I'm, you make a really good point because this is another philosophy that we have with our online marketing. Um, we have posts that are for customers, but we also have posts that are for window cleaners. So um, as a, for instance, um, if, if we're making a post for a customer, um, like if we're talking about a water fed pole, right? Uh, if I'm talking to a window cleaner, I'm going to say WFP. I'm going to say, you know, hey, you know, I'm going to use terms that we understand that most people are not going to because it's it's a post for window cleaners, you know, and, and the, the 
the non-window cleaners may may find enjoyment in something that's funny, but the yeah. window cleaners are going to get it, right? They're like, oh yeah, that's it. You know, I got it. But then when I'm going to post for the customers, I'm going to probably over explain something. Like I may just say, oh, you know, this is our pure water cleaning system. I would never say that to another window cleaner, but to a customer, they don't understand that. They understand that they can understand, oh, pure water. It's used to clean the windows instead of soap and water and a squeegee. And I may even go a little more explaining. I may have a video attached to showing us using it, you know. Um, and so, but it's, there's value in, in posting for window cleaners as well, because it does grow that community and it adds, uh, uh, it shows, you know, when, when, when customers see that I've got 50 window cleaner, winning clean window clean customers following me, that helps to enhance my brand in, yeah. in that, you know, that, Hey, Oh, this is a guy who has connections with a lot of co- other companies within the country, especially when I love when other window cleaners comment on my posts because it demonstrates that I'm kind of in a group, you know, I'm in, in a, in a fold, so to speak, whereas opposed to someone who is just posting, you know, about, you know, window cleaning specifically and, and no one else is connecting with them. It just really helps to kind of promote the fact that, Hey, I'm not just a window cleaner in Tucson, but I'm also part of a, a wider community in the country. And with that comes information, comes connections, comes uh, a knowledge that probably someone else might not have because of that you know but and also displays that look like this isn't your money making scheme Mm -hmm. or venture you know seems probably a little bit too strong there but you know like you're saying like hey i i'm doing this because i'm passionate about it and i connect with others and yeah that that's also valuable social proof if someone sees you know uh, a window cleaner in minnesota commenting on your thing it kind of gives you without you having to say and without even without your purpose being to infer this of like well hey this this guy got some expert. It's not just him trying to tell people that know nothing about it. The yeah. fact that I, you know, I'm looking at other professionals in his same industry are commenting or just mm-hmm. interacting. It yeah. goes to show a bit that, that he has some, you know, respect and some clout within the industry. Exactly. And it's not you putting it out there of like, look how we're the experts. Right. You're saying this is us. This is who we are. And, exactly. and so I think that's great. That, that's a, that's a great tip that, you know, understand that it's okay to talk to other business owners. Mm-hmm. including if it's not same industry, but also, you know, I would go as far to say is there's also a way to coexist within competitive, uh, competitive mm-hmm. markets as well. Oh yeah. And if, and if you can build a community there, that eases the trust for everybody. Because if you're honest about yourself, you may not be the right fit for every single customer that lives yep. in your, you know, geographic region. That's absolutely right. right. But if you, mm-hmm. if you kind of set the tone, if you're looking for the business that I provide, don't feel like we're all out here cutthroat and trying to scheme you. You're going to get a fair deal. You're going to get this because we're all kind of connected. And, you know, we're not, uh, no, I, was, was we're not price fixing and stuff like that. But it's yeah, like, yeah. hey, we're, we're, we're going to share experiences because we want our community to look beautiful. Yeah, no, that, that, that is totally my attitude. And I get some flack from that sometimes from other business owners because I, I am very supportive of my competitors in my area. Because, I mean, Tucson's a huge area. And like yeah. you said, we're, we're not looking to get every customer. We just want the customers that are right for our business and, and fit the, 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 the uh, characteristics of who we're looking for. And so be, because of that, those other people still need work. So, I mean, there's, there's enough to go around. And as a result, I have pretty, I mean, there's, there's a couple that maybe we have a little, you know, friction, 
But for the most yeah. part, most of the competitors in our area, we're friends with, you know, I'm friendly, they'll wave to us when we drive by, you know, and I've always made it a point. And if I see, you know, guys cleaning some storefronts, I'll walk up to them, talk to them and introduce myself, yeah. say hi. And, um, you know, because it pays off, it, 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 it does, because now I have people I can refer. Um, one of my best workers I got from a competitor um, who he, he had a big project. So we hired him on, trained him for about four months and then didn't have any work for him. So he called me up and said, Hey, Gabe, are you looking to hire? Cause I got a really good guy. He worked for me four months, but now the project's done. I don't have any work for him. I took him on. I mean, he's been, he's my number two now, you know, he's been with me for a few years, but if I would have had a bad relationship with that guy, I never would have got that call, you know? So, yeah, and it, that's, again, it sets businesses, helping businesses, people helping people. And, and in the end, at no point during that story was it like, and then he suffered or I suffered. You both right. benefited out of it. And then also the person, you know, they got the consistent work. He benefited from it as well. So he didn't yeah. have to worry about trying to figure out what was going to go. And especially seeing the past you know, year or so, yeah. you know, communities will need from time to time to come together. So yes. I, I love, I love what you're doing in particular game to, to chat you out to show me some a little bit earlier is, you know, I, I, I love some of the stuff that you're doing. And obviously I know the whole, the whole group here does the same. And so, if you've listened to a couple of these into the flows, whether it's your first one or the other one, like that's one thing I definitely want to, uh, you know, echo that you guys have kind of said is, you know, community comes together and community gets stuff done. So yes. I think you're spot on with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So here's our second one. This is kind of closely related with this one here. So the number two question, um, what has changed about the role that online reviews play in the Google algorithm in the last 10 years? So I'm going to answer this in a way uh, to not get too technically in the woods. And the reason I don't want to do that is because a lot of times when you think about, you know, SEO and just a couple of things that just come to the search engine world in particular is so many people try to throw so many things at you to kind of, you know, kind of get you off your feet. Ultimately, here's how you should think of the search engine. It's answering queries. It's answering questions. Now, think of it from the basic, and I ask, like, where is this thing located? Question mark. Right. Google, use them as the, the big example, is trying to answer that question, right? And the technology has gotten smart enough where you can just put, like, this thing in there, and it's going to try to answer that question, even though it's not put as a, as a traditional query. So when you think about reviews, reviews are user-generated content, which means someone connected to the internet made content, in this case, a review, uh, you know, with texting like that and has submitted it to the internet to be a part of the resource to answer these queries on search engines. Mm -hmm. And because of that, Google values that uh, in particular because it's more user-generated content and it shows more viability, it shows more relevance when answering a question because people don't want the answer from 10 years ago, yes. right? They don't want the, <laughs> they, some of them don't want the answer from 10 minutes ago. You know, like <laughs> right. if I'm asking, you know, how hot is it right now? I don't care what it was two hours ago. <laughs> I don't know right. how hot it is right now. Um, but because of that is the algorithm shifts have gone, that, especially in the map three path, uh, you know, at the top, it's it's certainly 20%. That That's Google never confirms anything straight out, but that's, you know, as confirmed as you can get. The 20% mm -hmm. of that comes to not only what your review count is, how frequently you're collecting reviews and review relevancy. Now, review relevancy mm -hmm. is where it gets really gray area. We saw mm -hmm. a lot of this during the pandemic in which they had to put some automatic filters in to not post reviews and things like that because yes, people were complaining that, that mm -hmm. businesses are shut down to the public health. People were complaining, you know, uh, you know, because a, a business would come out in support or make a statement or something like that. So there was some backlash on a couple of other weird things. So, so Google tried it, but what the relevancy, uh, you know, comes down to is 
are people talking about the business? Are they mentioning specific things? And so if you're collecting reviews that have, you know, details in them, you know, people more than just clicking the five stars, but even just clicking the five stars, the fact that it's relevant, it'll track with their location data so they can figure out how close it is. You know, if you're racking up reviews from outside of your market, Google doesn't tend to value that that much um, as ones where they know it's within your service area or close to your physical address if you're able to have your Google My Business do that. And so uh, that is purely the review to like the map pack and review to answer the search thing. Including those reviews in your website and having that copy appear all as physical text or through widgets and, and things like that. Right. That gives further definition to what that answer is. So, and so okay. Yeah. So, no, no, good. I was saying so. So, from from the algorithm standpoint, is they're looking for how repetitive and and how much this information comes up, but not from an SEO stacking perspective or things like that. Not from the perspective of or how often are we randomly seeing this, but what is the context in which it is used? And okay. that's where reviews are really pivotal to the algorithm because copy, you know, from the literal sense, being able to almost take words and then copy them elsewhere, mm -hmm. that is a little bit more uh, unfriendly, I would say, for, for the algorithm's sake okay. than taking a review that's posted and kind of yes. reposting or repurposing because what you are doing in the internet, and I'm oversimplifying this, right, but right, what right. you are doing is, is you're connecting a link from something to exist to something else. Mm -hmm. So for example, if I write a word on a piece of paper, right? And then I write a word on another piece of paper and I put it on two separate things, that's two separate things. But if I take, I write a word on a piece of paper and I take a photo and it looks exactly like a piece of paper, it's so photorealistic, but it is a photo, the internet sees it as, displaying this that relates to that versus displaying two things that say the same thing. And so again, I know I didn't go technical weeds, things like that, mostly because I don't know how helpful it is as well as their answer. Um, the reason I kind of keep it high level when talking about the Google algorithm and the change was, is that they're constantly trying to figure out the best way to ask the question. And in 10 years from now, they might say, you know what, the best way to ask the question is to look for things like this. And so 10 years ago, it was a lot of, you know, keyword stacking and stuff like that yes. because there wasn't as much machine learning. There wasn't as such a, as a lot of those things. And, and now it's kind of pivoted away where there is more context and there is more sentiment in the way they're evaluating the content that's out there and how it, it factors into your overall search rank. Well, you, you, you validated my thoughts because I, you know, I, I'm not, I'm certainly not a SEO expert or anything like that, but that's exactly what I noticed in the beginning. Like you said, keywords, trying to figure out the exact way that people are going to be searching, paying attention to all of those things were so important in the beginning, it seemed like. And like, if you just were off by a letter or off by a word, it seemed like all oh, your, you know, your, uh, your visibility would just drop and plummet. So there was people who are always constantly trying to, you know, monkey around with things and trying to find out what's the best way to get uh, visible in the algorithm. And now I don't do any of that you know, I focus so much on the reviews and, and, and so much on, like you said, the, the usage of those reviews. So uh, like, and I have a nice job website. So one of the things that you guys do is when, when, when well, there's two things that I really like, and I think that really has value. One is there's the pay, the review page on my website, which like what you said is just the reviews that come through, through nice job shown on my website so it's not like like you said two different texts uh, it's actually it's the actual review being shown on my website 
through that and get to the actual page. So exactly. you're not replicating it. You're just doubling the display of it. Yeah. Doubling the display. The other thing is, what is that called? The little thing that pops up at the bottom saying so-and-so the, the, the engage widget. Yeah. I get so much compliments or at least just say, hey, that's really cool from both customers and also from other window cleaners. Because I'll, I'll say, you know, people ask about, oh, what about, you anyway, have a nice job website. I'm like, well, I'll just check mine out. Here's my, here's my link. See what you think. And that's the number one thing that people notice is, oh, I love that little thing that pops up. So-and-so just left a review. So-and-so yeah. just made an appointment. Uh, So-and-so booked a job, you know, and it's, it just, it almost kind of builds a little anticipation because it happens about every five seconds. And as they're, as they're thinking, it's almost like it disrupts their thinking because they're like, okay, I got a friend. Oh, wait. Oh, there's another review. Okay. Okay. Now let me get the, oh, wait, there's, oh, someone else is booking. And it kind of like, it throws them off a little bit. So they're going to be putting more effort into thinking about your website um, and in your products and who you are than just a standard site where they could just leave it there and then go somewhere else and come back to it if they wanted to. It's almost like it creates uh, um, anticipation. So like they don't want to leave because they're almost waiting to see what else is going to pop yeah. up there. On there. I just, uh, people, people really like it, you know, so I think it's kind of a, a really cool tool. I want to see if I, if I, if I can do this here uh, on my feed is, yeah. So I have it up there in the corner go. here. I don't know if you see my feed. So that's just that it's an example, but it actually would show, uh, you know, recent reviews uh, and, and bookings. If you, mm -hmm. you have your, your CRM connected. Um, but it, it's funny. It's, it's, it's the marketer in me that I'll say is you talk about like almost, it almost kind of like pulls away and, and things like that and kind of distraction is it does attract attention. But the reason we call it engage, right. Is because they're going to be reading through your copy. And what that small, subtle thing is going to do is it's not going to pull away from your copy, but it's going to enhance it, right? Because yes. it's going to give the real-time social proof, but also it's live updated. So when people see that someone left a review seven minutes ago, you know, or even a day ago, seven mm -hmm. days ago, within that, they it shows relevancy, it shows the latest, and people will also see, this is like one of those low-key things that's kind of hard to explain, but if someone visits your site on a Monday and they see the engage with it, if they don't make a decision then and they come back on Wednesday, mm -hmm. you better believe they're going to see if that's saying the same reviews. And mm -hmm. if there's just one new review in that engage widget, they're like, oh, wow, this is like, it clicks to them. This is real yes. time. This is happening. And the fact that within that widget, if you click it and expand, you, you can see kind of reviews yep. is ultimately the reason it helps the conversion rate on your website is because you have copy, you have photos, you have all the other stuff that's doing all these things. And they need a little edge push over the top. That's the real-time social proof there. Yeah. So I'm glad you're loving it. But going back to the very, very beginning of our podcast is Engage is absolutely free. So yeah. if, if, if you don't have Nice Job or anything like that, you can go, you can sign up, you do get a free trial of Nice Jobs, you can try it out as well. Uh, I would invite you, you know, to do it, but you yeah. can take Engage and go on your merry way if that's all you want to do. Yeah. I think Nice Jobs will work for you, but the reason that we did that for free was it was something we were developing. We knew it would be a game changer because it would help conversion rates. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to go on a, a nice job convert site, go on any website, you know, uh, just enter the code there. Um, but the reason that we decided to ultimately make it for free was, you know, we looked at what was happening, you know, kind of honestly with the pandemic, things like that. And it wasn't like these people, you know, small businesses need a break, let's give them something for free. Mm -hmm. But it came down to was, you know what, you're earning these reviews and you're going, you deserve a way to display them in a way that, that kind of adds to what we're talking about, that relevancy, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. But, but again, is the way that widget becomes most effective is by you having a great business that collects yes. a lot of five-star reviews and yep. coming through. So the very least we could do is just give you for free the ability to do that. And you still got to do the hard work. And again, if you don't have yeah. the rest of Nice Job powering it, That's right. it's probably harder for you to get a good system to collect those, exactly. even if you're doing great work. 
but you know, for us, that's going to be free and it's going to remain free. And the yeah. reason why is because you know what, it's, it's not something that we wanted to monetize and Ooh, look at this advantage. Nice job users have. No, it's, it's real-time social proof that's supposed to help your business. And again, the other parts, the whole reputation marketing package, that kind of helps, but it, it's, again, that's, I, I love that you, that you're enjoying it on your site. If anyone wants it, you know, it's absolutely free. I invite you to kind of go get it, but that was there to kind of talk about, you know, people yeah. are looking for relevancy and Google knows this. And that's why they're building into the algorithm things that are more context mm-hmm. and sentiment based more so than just stacking. You know, if you remember before the old trick was not only did you need your keywords, you need your keywords slightly spelled wrong, just yes, in case. Exactly. And Google probably exactly. went like, well, you know what? People looking for window cleaning. I don't know if I need to go find <laughs> everyone that wrote window. I think we can just assume that if it's window cleaning, you make a thing. So how do we know it's actual window cleaning? And not talking about, I looked out the window and saw someone cleaning a car. So right. as they learn to get smarter and they learn context and sentiment, that's why all those things kind of started to go out the window. Yeah. Yeah. No pun well, Sorry. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, well, getting back to the, to the, the um, stacking and, and the um, engage again, this is another way you can get the most out of your reviews. You know, it's another way that instead of the reviews just sitting on a shelf, no one looking at it, it's putting them in, in the face of your potential customers. So they may never go to the review page. They just may look at your first page of your website but with that little thing popping up, it's telling them, hey, there is something that you might want to check out here. And then they can click it, they can go, and then they can look and, and get it. But again, it's 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 squeezing more value out of that hard-earned review that you had. And it's great for us because, like I said, we do get usually two to three to four, or sometimes five in a good week, reviews in a week. So that is going to be fresh for us. It is going to constantly be updating. And like you said, if someone goes back in a week and relooks at it, they're going to see new reviews. So again, it's going to re- enhance that, oh, this isn't just a bunch of reviews that he got five years ago and he's still kind of eaten off of it and and his business has gone down these are fresh this is current they are continuing to give the same the same degree of quality service from five years ago till now okay now i'm I'm having more confidence in this company you know so um, it's one last time for you to talk about yourself right those are your mm -hmm. customers words there so it's not like you know on your website people always struggle sometimes of well i don't want to say it's just me bragging and broadcasting there you go. That's not you saying it. There's other exactly. people saying it. So you think of it almost in the physical sense of it's chatter in the room. If they're getting this mm-hmm. many reviews, they got to be doing something right. And just, just before we go on to the next one, just to touch on that, the value of nice job as a software. Um, if you're not using a software and you're asking for reviews, there is kind of a, you fight with yourself because just for that reason, you're like, oh, I don't want to sound like I'm being braggy or I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to bug my customers to do this. When something's automated, it takes the, the, the human element out. So when an, an automated system requests a review from a customer, they're used to that. They're used to getting requests. They're used to having emails or, or things. And so it's, it does, it takes away the whole kind of, uh, icky feeling you have of bugging a customer for a review. And then they also don't feel that way, you know, and then they have, if they want to opt, they just push the button option out. They don't ever get bugged again. Um, and, and it's, it's, that is such, it's such a, um, a sneaky power to have software do the work than it is to you physically asking or, or personally asking uh, for it. Cause one, it's a lot of work, <laughs> so much work to ask for reviews. Um, so to know it's, these are just going out to everyone They're they're, you know, you're going to get us a, a percentage every single time. So the more you do, the higher that percentage gets. 
and, and the more reviews you'll get for your business, you know, without having to physically bug them and, and make them feel, try to make them feel guilty to, to leave a review if they're busy, you know. And, and I, I will say, if, if I could touch on one thing with that, because it's, it's not, I don't disagree, but I, I think to, to be fair, and I want to kind of say, because I know we obviously we've been showing nice shot a lot of love, which, you know, warms my heart, but if you wanted to do a manual process, right? And, and within nice job, there's a way for you to use the software, but you know, manually trigger. Mm-hmm. But if you want to do that, I that going back to almost your first question, why should I care about online reviews or why should you monitor that? Like, I think I want to get out of people's heads that you're not begging for a review, right? You're asking for feedback. Yes. And, and the reason I think it's very clear for people to get that through their head is like you performed a service, you want to know how you did to get better. Now, if they leave a very positive sentiment on a very public forum, yes, that works great. But at the end of a job, if you say, hey, like, you know, how do we do today? And they say, you know, like, oh, like, awesome. And they say, like, would you like to leave a review? And they say, no, like, well, you still got feedback. Like, you yeah. should always want to get that. And yes. all the software does or all the process does, if you want to go through and try to manually build everything yourself, you can. Yeah. But all that is doing is you are making it easy for them to yes. promote what they're saying. Go back exactly. to my history is making passionate people more passionate and building yeah. fans. So, so don't, I don't think anyone begs for reviews. The only time you could ever consider yourself begging for a review is if someone has said no consistently and then you start trying to incentivize. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you've fallen into begging. But if you're asking for feedback and saying, hey, I'm going to send you a text message because it's going to make it, you know, give it one click for you so you can go right through. And don't worry if you forget, it'll follow up. By saying that is you're not begging. By having a follow-up right. email, you're not, you're not nudging. You're not, you're, sorry, you're not like nagging. Mm-hmm. What you are doing is you're letting them know that, hey, if you forgot, I still made the process easy for you. Yeah. And, and I personally think that you're letting them relive that moment of happiness by asking them again how they're doing. And, and throughout the whole process, you should be preparing them for that moment. So mm-hmm. it should never feel like begging. If you ever feel like you're begging for reviews, but you want reviews, get that out of your head and realize you're yeah. asking for feedback. The preferred method of feedback that you are asking for is through a customer review yes. left on a platform like Google My Business that's going to help you kind of promote through and explain to them why it's important for your small business that people give feedback. And don't just say it's important because other people find out about us. I'd recommend say it's important for us to know how we're doing so we can continue that to that standard tomorrow. And then the day after that, raise that standard. That love, is something I, that. I think that if you put that sentiment out there, you will never feel like you're begging for reviews I, I anymore. Love that. And, and I just want to clarify, I don't feel that way. But the number yeah. one thing that people tell me when I, t- when I tell them about nice job or any type of getting reviews, that is, that is the wording that window cleaners use all the time. Oh, I don't want to beg for reviews. I don't want to bother my customers. Oh, you know, I try a nice job. Oh, you know, it, it sent like four, you know, uh, requests to them. Oh, I couldn't do that. I don't, I, I love my customers too much to bug them for that. And like you said, it's, it's the wrong attitude because like, I, I love how you put it. We're not asking for reviews. We're asking for feedback. And, yeah. and that, because now what that does is that helps the customer see, oh, wait, I have a say in how this company operates. And I may have something that they may need to know to help them to do a better job and to help my experience be better the next time that they come. And, you know, that's one thing whenever a customer mentions something to me uh, that's ne- maybe negative that they experienced or maybe something that they wish was, was not done or done differently. I always say, thank you so much for that feedback. I'm going to, I, we will implement that right now. And we have, cause we have our meetings on Tuesdays. Usually if we have any type of training, 
we're, that will be that will be the subject for Tuesday. I always say well, that will be the subject for our Tuesday training. We're going to talk about, and I can see you know they'll smile and they'll be happy because it gives them a feeling of like, hey, I had uh, my my concern was listened to, and actually I may actually in, invoke change in this company because of what I said. You know, instead of just feeling like they're just talking to the air and nothing's ever going to change. You know, so. Um, Again, ask your back. If you're if you're begging, that's kind of inferring that mm-hmm. they've that you're trying to change something. But if you ask and they say no, that's still a conclusion, and you can be okay with that. You know, you want a review from everybody, but some people just don't do it. And and so yeah, you you I don't I don't even let's say you have the right to ask for a review, but go. I would suggest ask for it and know that it doesn't come off to the customer as begging either, right? It it, yeah. it really doesn't. Sometimes it's hard to get through. Some people think that, but. You're giving them a choice. Will you or won't you? And yep. they can say won't. They can say I'm not going to. Yep. And 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 then it's done, you know. Uh, but it, it's it's never begging. So if anyone I can help get that out of their out of their lexicon, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy to do so in that sense because you should be asking almost every time out. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we have time for one more question. We're going to have to have you come back, Sean, maybe in a few months, and we'll we'll hit some of these other questions I had. But this one I think is important, and and this comes up in in into the flow quite a bit. Someone will post or ask for advice on how to respond to a bad review. So here's, here's the question. What is the best way to respond to a bad review? Uh, I could put it as shortly as, as honestly, uh, you know what I mean? And, and what I mean by honestly is most bad reviews, I would say almost all bad reviews are a failure to meet expectations. If you've heard me on other podcasts, you've probably heard me say this before, but it's failure to meet expectations. Now, the expectations could be unrealistic from the client side. I thought you were going to be able to do this, you know, in, in 10 minutes and I didn't have to be here for it. And, you know, you would do all that. I thought that you would do this and somehow I would lose 10 pounds, right? Their, their thing can be completely unrealistic. However, mm-hmm. perhaps your communication throughout the process, you didn't explain why those things would be not achievable, right? Perhaps there was a misunderstanding at one point that led to some frustration, Perhaps even, you know, they had, uh, you know, an expectation that you could have handled and you fell short. And so a lot of times a bad review is going to show you something that didn't meet expectations, but might not be necessarily your fault. And those are always the hardest ones. Like It's not our fault. And now I got to respond to this. The key things I remember is one, you get the chance to reply to review and usually it's the final word. Now you don't want to take advantage of that by saying, you know, like, this is the truth and end all be all. But it's, it's not, their negative view isn't going to live by itself unless you refuse to respond. To it. But you respond to it, you can start talking about the process of how you're going to make things right. You can also talk about acknowledging what they are saying. Acknowledging what they're saying goes as far as making it right by saying like, you know what? And you don't have to use phrases like, I apologize. But like, you know, we, we recognize that we weren't able to kind of meet this other thing uh, to, to meet your expectation when it came to cleanliness. Um, you know, we're always looking to evaluate our, you know, our services. This is why it's important for us to get feedback from every customer so we can learn and grow. And so what you're saying is, I'm not saying you're right, but what I'm saying is that you feel this way. I recognize that. And if you feel this way, other people could feel this way. And that's certainly not what we want. So that's what I would say. You want to be honest and you want to acknowledge, you want to recognize. I would avoid, even if you were 100% in the right, I would avoid trying to like fire back at people. I would also avoid being too succinct before trying to handle it offline because a lot of times they're like, hey, we're sorry to hear this. Please give us a call to discuss. It, it can kind of read as a little bit kind of skirting around. 
But ultimately, you know, the way you want to respond to a negative review is to show a little bit of, of who you are. So if you're someone that doesn't take feedback well, you know, you don't really want to display that. But you kind of want to set up a, you know, hey, you know, this, this, we don't like hearing this because it means we didn't do a great job. You know, we'll try better next time. You know, if, if you know you're not going to make it right. But I think you go in to be honest. I think you be very personal. Let them know that you've heard them. Um, you know, address anything that they say head on, uh, whether it's a misunderstanding or whether it's something you, you messed up. If you messed up, you need to come in with like, thank you for keeping us accountable. Yes. So that you know, this will never happen again. That's a big sort of thing is that is a lot of businesses where you really build trust because I've used this analogy before, but think of like a romantic partner in a relationship, right? A lot of the classic traditional vows are like in sickness and health in good times and in bad, right? Because if everything's great, well, yeah, you'd be a perfect partner, but how's it going to go when, right. you know, I told you to get milk and you didn't, how are we going to address that? And sometimes customers want to go, well, how, what am I, what's going to happen if things don't go my way? And so that's why people search for negative reviews. And that's why the reply is so important that you are there, you're forefront, you're honest, because what that's going to show to future customers and future clients is that if there's at any point during the process, something that you don't agree with, or you have a question about, it's probably more accurate. If you have a question about, we're going to address it and handle it. And we're going to make things right. We may never come to an agreement. We may never be able to do the job that you think that we should be able to do, you know, in five seconds, costing $5. We might not ever be able to do that. However, there will not be a misunderstanding ever again at what we're able to accomplish and what we're hoping to do for you. So be honest, be, be succinct, show a little personality when you can, um, and don't be fearful. Respond to mm -hmm. every single review you possibly can. Yeah. Um, I, you make some really good points in there. Uh, I, I'm just, I, well, let me let me give you an example, a personal example. I had a customer um, and I went to, I did the first job. She loved me. She left a glowing review on Yelp with me because she's a Yelper, right? The next couple of times she had some complaints and one of, you know, some of them were warranted for sure. You know, that I had sent other workers going and she complained about a couple of things. So we came, it was like the fourth cleaning and she said it was during our busy season and she wanted us to come to clean because she was, I don't know what it was like a wedding or something, some event at her house. And so she told me, um, you know, look, I need you to come on this day and I need, you know, this. And I said, you know, I'm so sorry, but we're, we're booked, you know, we're booked out three weeks and, and um, there's no way that I can fit you in on that, on that time. You know, can I refer you to someone else? And so she told me, if you don't make, if you don't make room for me in your schedule, I will leave a bad review for you as a blackmail, you know? And I just said, you know what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't do work. I don't work that way. I've made promises to my customers. I'm not pushing, unless it's a really good reason, I'm not going to push them aside, you know, because we, they, they obviously need us as well. And, yeah. you know, we can try to make, you know, and, and normally I would make an attempt to change, to try and fit her in, you know, I'd call customers, see if anyone doesn't mind moving around or, or whatnot. But because she did that, I was just like, no, I'm not, I'm not playing that game. So she did. She left a one-star review on Yelp. I mean, it was super long, you know, and of course you're, I'm, I'm boiling, right. You know, I'm ready to like, just like what you said, shoot back that terse. Well, you know what you did, you did this, you know, and I wrote it out, you know, it's like five or six paragraphs long. And then I just, okay, take a step back. <laughs> what, you know, I've already lost this customer. She's already never going to use me again. Yeah. What do I do? What do I need to do to make sure I don't lose any other customers. And I threw that whole 
rant away and start it over again for just like what you said from the avenue of, you know, this, this is your concern. I'm sorry we did not meet your expectations in this. You know, she said that, and, and a lot of these were not even true, right? They were not even true. But I acknowledged, you know, I just said, I'm so, I'm sorry this, you, you felt this way at the end of it. And I think at the last, I just pulled it up right now. I said, growth always comes with growing pains. We'll learn from this situation, make the needed adjustments necessary to make sure something like this doesn't happen again. You know, we, we thank you for your business and wish your family well. And we tried to end it on a positive note, whereas I wasn't, I wasn't drawing any attention to the negativity of it, but just the fact that, hey, we acknowledge this we're going to make a positive outcome out of your bad experience. And we're going to, we're going to make sure nobody else has that again, you know? And I felt so good after that because I felt like, okay, I didn't fall into a trap and then end up hurting my company. Um, instead, I just tried to make the best of it, you know? And, but again, that was because of advice I got from into the flow. You know, yeah. I posted, please tell me, you know, I, I post, I didn't post the full response that I wrote, but I had posted an adjusted one. And I still ended up changing that because of, the way the advice that people gave me. And, um, I like the way you, I like the way you ended that. We talked about like, you know, these are some growing pains because mm -hmm. what it sounds like to me kind of in, in hearing the story and everything like that was because almost of the previous success, yeah, her expectation became that there was no problem that you couldn't solve. And there was nothing that you couldn't just immediately mm -hmm. do. Right. And sometimes that happens with businesses growing when mm -hmm. you have a lot of those really tight relationships Mm -hmm. And and you do things very early on in business that you don't realize yes. might save a little problem. Like, you know what? I'll stay the extra hour. I'll stop on over, you know? Then all of a sudden people go like, oh, well, you used to come by at seven o'clock on a Sunday. And you're like, well, yeah, but that's, like, now I have this and now I'm doing that. And so I love the way you phrase it. Like, hey, like our goal is to serve this entire community. Yeah. And part of the thing that we're realizing, you know, through our experience with you now is we have to make sure that we understand that we can't get to everybody right away you know, until we can do this. So maybe we'll hire some more people, but also, you know, as we hire, we're going to make sure to train them. So you don't have to go through the whole sort of mm -hmm. story, but I love that you put that because you admitted something there. Realistically, yeah. you did, which is like, look, if you had, if you had the ability to have a crew sitting on their butt doing nothing, just the emergency crew, guess what? You would have sent them, right? You yeah, know, it's absolutely. not like there was any spite or anything like that, but you now kind of realize that, you know what, if we're going to keep sharing our reviews and we're going to keep marketing, we're going to keep you out there and keep being community present, at some point, the phone might be ringing a bit too much or might be getting too many online bookings. And this is going to be happening where someone's been a client for us for a long time is going to feel like they got bumped. It's the old new baby syndrome, right? Yeah. The older, I'm the, I'm the third of four. So I'm just assuming in this sense, but my little sister came along as a little bit of like, oh, yeah, I'm not the baby. Like I'm not the apple <laughs> of the eye here. And they kind of learn to adjust. So I love, I love that you put that in there that you kind of said like, hey, this is kind of the growing pains because if someone sees that two years from now, they're not that you've now set the level of, Hey, we're going to be better than this. Mm -hmm. Right. And the reason that you responded is that the next day, maybe it's not doing anything, but yeah, a year yeah. down the line, if someone stumbles upon that review, you now set the expectation of, well, we're not going to be this anymore. Cause I called my shot a year ago that yeah. this isn't happening again. So yeah. I love that response. Yeah. And, and you know, one of the things that was mentioned in, in, in the post in ITF that I, I kind of, I knew, but I don't think I had put it into those words is we have to, we have to uh, um, trust in the intelligence of the people looking at the reviews, because I know I do the same thing. If, if I see, if I'm looking at a business that I'm thinking about using and they have a really bad review, I, I read the review, but I also look at the other reviews that that person posted. And if, if all of their posts are one-star reviews, then I know they're using this as a weapon to, to get back at companies that didn't do exactly what they wanted. 
And that allows me to just disregard that review because I understand. And that's the case with this lady. All she has, on, uh, except for mine, mine was the only five-star review she had. <laughs> and then she took it off. She dropped it to a one. But if you yeah. look at all her reviews, you see it's just, it's a litany of, you know, uh, being upset that people couldn't do exactly what she wanted to be done in all her reviews. So that's where I have to kind of say, okay, look, I can't change the fact that the review's there. It's there. However, I have to trust that the smart customers are not just going to look at that face value. They're going to go back and research and see, oh, look at these are the other reviews. Oh, she looks like she's not happy with anybody. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and then when they see my response, you know, that's the opportunity I had to mess it up is if I would have responded in a way that would have justified or, or made them think, well, maybe this lady is onto something because look at the way he responded. He's kind of a jerk the way he responded. Um, if I can just respond in the way that they would want me to respond, then that kind of solidifies that, okay, I can disregard this review because it's obviously coming from someone who's unreasonable. Yeah. And, it's, um, it's one of these things. It's not like the other, right? If you yes. always have, if you have good reviews and you have, uh, you know, honest, helpful replies, mm -hmm. when they see the bad review, people more often than not identify like, Oh, well, that seems like the person's having a bad day. Or that seems mm -hmm. like, you know, the person that, uh, just uses, you know, reviews as a weapon. Yes. Again, maybe that goes back to if we can change the culture where everyone just expects to be asked to leave a review. Maybe we de-weaponize reviews in that yeah. regard as well. So if that's your fear, the way to kind of combat that is be like, oh, we ask for reviews from everybody, from the angry person to the happy person, because we're going to get feedback and we're going to grow from it. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, man, good stuff, Sean. Thank you so much for taking time to, to meet with us. Like I say, we're, we're definitely going to have you back again. We got a couple more questions I want to add. I'll add some more. Uh, you have some, some great uh, advice for small business owners. And, and like we had mentioned before we, we started the podcast, um, a lot of the, the mission and, and goals of Nice Job do, they fit really well with Into the Flow. So uh, that's a community, you know, Nice Job, the Nice Job community is one that I think um, we can definitely do some some interchangeable work with to, to help to educate and to help small business owners make the best, whether they use the product or not, which is what I like about the nice job community is it's just information. You know, yeah. it's not it's not selling. It's it's hey, how do you do this? What's the advice for this? And that's kind of how into the flow is, you know, and, and we, we just share information that can help people to do to run their business smarter. So they're not banging their head against the wall all the time. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, whenever I can provide any sort of uh, you know insight and, and some community help, I'd be happy to do so. And uh, I'll also add my thanks to, to anyone that tuned in or, or listened, because uh, I had fun doing this, and I hope you had fun kind of to listening along, and hopefully got some good things to jot in the notebook, some good tips there. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh, and I also just wanted to thank you so much for supporting our recent fundra fundraiser. Um, and that was uh, really kind of you guys to, to jump in when we asked, and we really appreciate all of our vendors, and, and certainly you're one of them. So thanks for having that uh, the giving attitude and uh, for being willing to, to help out window cleaners in need. We appreciate that. Yeah, and one of the, one of us are best to uh, to Colin. Colin, correct? Yeah, I want to yeah. wish uh, you know best to him, and, and glad to kind of help out. And uh, yeah, we, we we did an auction item. We're we're going to match that and add a little bit uh, more for a donation as well, uh, which I'll probably end up processing right after this. So. Uh, yeah, no, we're, we're glad to help out because we want to build community. So, uh, you know, uh, it's th thank you for kind of bringing it to our attention because it's hard to find out anyone that kind of needs some help out there. But whenever right. we're kind of able to do so, we always want to step up and do our part. But, uh, you know, no, no acknowledgement is really needed. But, uh, you know, thank you guys for kind of putting that together for, for someone in need as well. We're, we're happy to be a part of it. Awesome. Well, thanks again. Thank you, Sean. And thank you, Flowmates, for listening. We hope you guys have a great week. Uh, we'll catch you later on the next one. And you guys flow on.